Welcome, everybody. This is Paul with the Discovery It podcast. This uh, week, we're going to have Jody talking about Discover It uh, concept. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, welcome everybody to the uh, conference call. Jody, uh, do you want to go ahead and uh, start a conference call tonight on Discover It? Sounds good. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, we're going to talk about Discover It, Your Invisible Power. Um, so it, uh, Paul created to be a fictitious character that represents your internal thought, IT. And this is the part of the mind that um, we don't usually think too much about. And it's not really good or bad or indifferent. And it's not really true or false. It's kind of just what we've acquired. So we're going to talk about kind of the bad side of our internal thought, um, a little bit about where it comes from and things like that. So first, where does it come from? So when we're born, our mind's completely blank, um, clean slate, doesn't know anything and come in and you're just observing, you're using all the five senses and recording everything that's happening. You're trying to basically figure out what's going on and how things work and you're learning all these things on like basically how to walk and you get all that stuff like from your parents and from observing things. And when there's weird things that you haven't seen before, that's going to require a little bit of interpretation. So at first you're not really going to be sure. So you're just going to like accept everything that comes in. And it's kind of a survival technique. Like when you think of animals out in the wild, um, they learn to hunt and survive and eat by watching what their parents do. Um, so this goes on for about the first six or seven years. Um, and that's going to be kind of like your first impression. So whatever you see the, for the first time, you're going to be like, oh, that's how it worked. And it was kind of interesting. At the job that I work at, there was uh, this one evolution we did. And we did it a little bit different than the way they normally do it just because of the way things were. And every time after, we would do it the way it's normally done. And it would always confuse me because that first impression of the way it went and the way I saw it the first time always stuck in my mind. And it took a lot of repetition in order to change that back. And we're going to talk about that too. Um, so all this in input, all the senses coming in, all the things we're seeing and learning, it's going to keep building and building. And we're going to start to copy or emulate those types of actions, whether we're looking at our parents, um, or if we have brothers or sisters, if we have a lot of interactions with relatives. And then as we get a little older, we'll be start observing and taking in things from school, uh, TV, friends, um, and even maybe some of your pets when you're really little. Uh, if anybody has real little kids, they may have watched their, their kid try to like walk like their dog or do things like their dog and things like that. So we're all bringing this stuff in and once we start to get more and more information, we start to sort some of it. So if we see something one way and then we see it another way, we're going to look for one of those patterns that happen more often than the other. And then we're going to start to um, accept that to be more true than the others. Um, so they're going to kind of continue to build and build. So we're going to look at different routines that we have uh, that we see over and over and habits and things like that. And all this stuff is building and building and we start to create like an identity. Um, Paul likes to say like who we think we are. 
and it's kind of building this program and it's going to build how we kind of react to different things throughout our life. And it creates a lot of assumptions in life. Uh, many people tend to show what their it is uh, when they respond. Like there's a bunch of phrases. People will say like, well, that's just the way I was raised. And that's their it. That's that way that they reflected from their parents or how they learned from whoever they learned from to create that type of personality trait. And then some people say like, that's just the way I am, or I've always been like that. And the, the big one is when people are like, I don't know, I just do. Like if you ask people like why they don't like something, they're like, I don't know. I just don't like it. Um, and they can't really like identify a point where they created that internal thought. And that's usually a good sign that that's where that comes from. And this internal thought is going to be the, the first uh, thing that you go to when you start to re react to things. So if something happens, um, you're going to react with your internal thoughts, your pattern, and kind of be on autopilot or cruise control. And it's just going to be a reflection of what you learned um, in the past. And there's a lot of different feelings that will come up based on your internal thought. Um, how you respond to certain types of people, um, how you respond to um, different colors of rooms or things like that, different sounds. could be loud noises that scared you once that you're just, you hear that loud noise again and you reflect back to that emotion. Um, or it could just be silence or being in the dark or being in, around bright lights and things like that. And this internal thought creates a lot of prejudice in your mind. Um, it could be towards different religions based on something you learned when you're little, um, different skin colors, racism, all kinds of things like that. Um, whether you don't like animals, maybe when you're a little, um, you, you were around dogs that were always mean to you or knocked you over and that stuck in your head in that internal thought as, you know, dogs are bad or something like that. So remember, it doesn't have to be good, bad, or indifferent. It's just things that happened and your brain didn't know any better, so it just accepted it to be true. And then it creates this kind of limited or selective thinking, and that's how we're always going to expect things to happen is the way they did in the past. <clears throat> so you'd think, like, well, if that's negative and then we realize it's negative, why don't we just change it? Why is it, why is it so hard to change something that we know isn't really good for us? And the reason is it's just, it tends to be a comfortable feeling because that's what feels normal. Because when you created that initial thought, you decided that this is the way things are supposed to be. So you think that's normal. And a lot of times it could be chaos even or yelling or fighting, or maybe that's what you think normal is like. Um, so your mind is always going to kind of go back to that normal. Um, that's all we really know. So that's kind of what it goes back to. Um, a lot of times, people don't even try to do anything different. They don't, they don't really look at things. They don't really confront the different things and think, well, what if I did this different? Uh, they just think, well, this is the way I've always done it. So this is the easiest. And then sometimes certain things cause this co cognitive dissonance where it's that kind of mental conflict with the way your it, your internal thought is thinking about something and the way you kind of want to think about something. Um, so, it goes into some of the negative aspects and that is like your self-worth. So depending on how you were 
brought up can determine what you think and about yourself. And that could be good or it could be bad. Um, a lot of times people will grow up uh, maybe from a poor family, not having a lot of money, um, not having a lot of abundance, or just not being in a happy family. And that's going to kind of determine how you think things are supposed to be. Um, you might see other people like that, but you're going to kind of reflect back and be like, well, that's not me. This is the way I'm supposed to be or something like that. And it goes back to self-esteem too. People, maybe you're always talked down to as a, as a child, maybe your parents are always said like, you know, don't stop making a mess or why you always got to be spilling things or how come you're always breaking things. You're going to start to think like, Oh, well, I'm just a bad person or something like that. Or maybe it moves on and you start hanging around with a lot of friends at school. A lot of people, uh, the kids nowadays getting bullied and stuff like that. They start to accept those, the way people are treating them as a reflection of themselves. Um, and it creates a lot of issues with that. Uh, some parents, you know, you'll, they don't really, they only know what they learned from their parents. So they don't really understand this concept. So a lot of times they get mad at their kids for doing something. They're just kind of responding to the way their parents responded to them. And it kind of starts to create that identity in that child. Um, and so we talked about changing. So first, you have to recognize that we have this internal thought and where all these things came from and confront them. So you make a list of things that you have noticed that maybe this feeling that I have, maybe this behavior or this habit comes from something in the past and you have to confront it and you'd be like, well, I need to change this. So going back to how we change habits, you have to first identify the habit and then you have to do something different. And repetition and repetition is going to be what will change that habit. Um, and once we can confront it and we realize we need to change it, then we're going to identify what things we need to change and what exactly needs to be different. And then being proactive is the last step. Like I said, changing that habit and then going back around, being aware that it's happening. Um, like I like to say, like sometimes when I react to things, it, now that I'm aware of it, I, it kind of throws this little red flag that says, oh, that's my it responding. I need to do something different. So those are some ways to change your uh, internal thought. And like I said, I talked a lot about the, the negative side of the internal thought, and we'll cover the, the good side later. Thank you very, <clears throat> thank you very much, Jody for uh, sharing tonight on Discovery of Your Invisible Power. Um, Ray, would you like to uh, uh, share anything about the uh, Discovery of Your Invisible Power topic tonight? Um, yeah, I can uh, <clears throat> elaborate a little bit or share some of the stuff I've gone through um, in relation to it and discovering it. It's like uh, fighting in the dark whenever you're not aware of the uh, forces that are shaping your decisions and behaviors. Um, so when you don't, you're not aware of it, or you're not aware of that force or that energy that is working against you. Uh, like we always say, we're our, we can be our own worst enemy. Then 
it's like fighting in the dark and you don't see where your your enemy is coming from and we tend to blame it on other things and in that confusion in that chaos we're always swinging but very rarely are we landing any any punches and so we become confused and frustrated and angry and that's where discovering it really helped me is to um to be able to identify and pinpoint the root causes of a lot of the things I was going through instead of getting lost in that that confusion of placing blame everywhere else and then trying to justify that and like Jody said with cognitive dissonance you know you're always trying to uh brush this information off that we may be receiving that maybe we're doing the wrong thing or we're going down the wrong track or we're looking at things the wrong way. But it is using that against us in accomplishing its goal of really just keeping us in a state of equilibrium, if not destruction. You know, it wants us to keep doing what we've been doing in the ways that we've been doing it. It doesn't really like change. It doesn't like uh, discomfort. And, Really, if it can keep pushing you down and, you know, destroying you, then it's accomplishing its goal. And when we don't, when we're not aware of that, um, it just makes things 10 times harder. It's already a battle. It's already a struggle. Uh, and it, or it can be. It's definitely a challenge. All of life is. But um, when you're not aware of what's going on behind the curtain, and we just make all these assumptions of what it might be, or it's the government, or it's Illuminati, or, um, you know, the world's just a horrible place and I must be destined to fail. Really uh, shedding light on this force that's working in a very natural way. It's, very, it's not voodoo or, you know, witchcraft uh, or some boogeyman named it. It's really just a concept, a way of understanding the forces that are obviously at at work. It's not uh, what you call it or, you know, maybe the reasons why it exists to be that way can be philosophized or theorized. But the fact that it is true is is obvious in uh, how individuals from even all walks of life experience that struggle of working against themselves, of trying to overcome the need to go on a diet or to, to continue exercising, not only start exercising, but continue. It's such a struggle and a challenge because some part of us is trying to revert back to our old, our old self and our old condition. So it's very clear that it's, a thing that exists, but to not actually look into it further and to figure out the inner workings and and how it's working and where it's affecting us and holding us back. Uh, without doing that, you're fighting in the dark, you're swinging, and you're just taking a chance that in a room the size of a square mile, that your enemy just happened to be in front of you the, the moment you take your best shot. And that's just a, a plan for to fail, you know, every time.
so discovering it uh very powerful very necessary in whichever shape or form or language that you interpret it um i've always said i've always compared it to the devil or you know different religions we all have our way of expressing that realization of you know that dynamic that's at play but the way that paul explained it the in using it and kind of de uh taking that all the value that we have and we put into the words and where we heard those words from the devil and things like that. And the, sometimes the place that these different explanations of that phenomenon, the way that it's presented maybe doesn't resonate with, with certain people, but to me it is more neutral and it's a way of explaining it without getting wrapped up in the explanation. And I think it's powerful because of that. I think understanding what the forces that are working against your progress and your growth, understanding what they're doing and how they're working against you, how they're using your own thoughts and behaviors to, to accomplish its goal is, it's like priceless. It's necessary. It's, I don't think there's any true growth without working from that angle of awareness of what's actually going on, what's got you in your situation to begin with <clears throat> before you could ever change into something else. So. Well, thank you very much, uh, Ray. Appreciate the feedback. And, uh, hey, Bill, uh, would you like to share about uh, the presentation that Jody gave tonight? Sure, that'll be fine. Um Internal thoughts, it has been an uh, uh, unbelievable learning experience for me. You know, meeting up with you 16 months ago, you know, I, uh, I thought that uh, I just really didn't have everything together. And I was the one that was, you know, having the problems in my marriage, uh, since this was my second marriage and it was a long, you know, a very long-term marriage. But, uh, as I've learned through the months with you on how your internal thoughts can captivate how you live your life, you know, I understood through past program conditioning on, you know, I was, I was conditioned to be one that wasn't worthy I wasn't going to mount to anything, and my internal thoughts had me in that grip. But there were so many gleaming moments where I was, you know, I was a man of the hour to where I could control a company. I could control what I was doing and understand what I was doing. But in retrospect, what it was was that my internal thoughts were saying I wasn't worthy enough to be in a relationship or uh, doing the things that I was doing. I didn't have the self-worth that I was supposed to have. But uh, learning all this stuff from you through the last 16 months, I've come to understand that I do have the strength. And what it is is harnessing the understanding of what your internal thoughts do to you. You know, when I... Um, you know, four months ago, 
three and a half months ago when my um, wife decided she wanted to leave, um, saying that we weren't marriage partners. I was wondering that, you know, wow, what did I do? But, uh, and really, I felt that I was doing what a, a good husband should do, a good father should do, etc. And then understanding it further, I understand that, you know, there it, each person has an it, and it tries to hold you captive and just tell you that this is all you deserve. This is all you deserve. Well, understanding what you've taught me through the months, I know that I deserve better, but my partner really didn't. So when you have two two forces, one's negative and one's positive, there's nothing you can really do to change that other person's idea of the internal thoughts. They're going to go on their own path and they don't choose the path. And looking at it, the internal thoughts are a devil. We was talking about it, you know, in different but I look at it in the negative aspect that thoughts can be because it will limit you in what you can do. I look at uh, the education you've given me in the last 16 months to realize what your internal thoughts can do to you. Um, I have just become so free and open-minded and understand um, that one, I am, I am a good man. I understand what's going on in this life. I fulfill uh, my dreams that I want to have because I was living for someone else's dreams. You know, to look at how my uh, partner's itch, how she was um, looking at how she wanted to move her life forward, but I was trying to move her life forward in my mind and keep myself still. So my it kept me just looking towards fulfilling what she wanted and not what I wanted. So there were so many different things. It's a very complex situation, but uh, it's amazing to know that how your internal thoughts rule your life. Um, I look at my life right now and I've been, you know that I've been very depressed down about my relationship right now and losing, losing my marriage of 12 years. However, I look at it in retrospect is that uh, I cannot save another person, but I can save myself. And looking at my internal thoughts Everything that you've taught me, I have looked at it and said that, no, I am better than this. I'm not going to be someone who is going to be held captive by the past, by my past program conditioning. I'm looking forward to my future and understanding what my internal thoughts do to try to control me. Um, they look at it more on a negative aspect than they do on a positive aspect. Now I look at it as I understand where my internal thoughts try to hold me back 
However, I know that I'm more worthy of it and I can move forward. So it's been, it's been the rockiest road I have ever gone through in my life through all of my past issues that I went through and then through the loss of my marriage. But I look at what my future holds in understanding that my internal thoughts are something that will never leave me. However, if I can control them and look to understand why I had them, I can continue to move forward and I can continue to be a success and know that I am a good man, a man among men, and then also work with other people to understand their it. So there is just... You probably need about three hours worth of dialogue on this podcast to go through internal thoughts. And I know that with everything that you've taught each of us, we'll end up going through that. But if you look at it, it is just one of those things that if you understand that your internal thoughts do not have to control your life, they are just a part of it you will be so much better off and look towards a successful future. It's just, it's just a relief in my mind. And I had spoken to my brother about it tonight, and it's so wonderful to try to just, if you can just touch one person out there regarding how your internal thoughts can control your life. It is, it's freeing. It's very freeing. And uh, I think Jody did a wonderful job of explaining it. I think it's it's one of those where we've just touched the tip of the iceberg with it. And what Ray said was right on. And I just really feel that through the coming weeks and months, as we continue to discuss this, it's going to enlighten so many other people out there. It's just, it's a relief. It's wonderful. And I appreciate uh you let me talk about it. Bill, really appreciate you sharing your opinion about the uh, podcast tonight. And uh, we appreciate everybody being on the call tonight. And don't forget, uh, next week, 515-604-9530, access code 655-145. That number again is 515-604-9530. Access code 655145. We'll see you all next Thursday night at 730. Thank you very much. Appreciate everybody being on the call.